Okay, so welcome to another episode of Putting the Pieces Together with Jigsaw Learning. I'm here today with Colin Byers, newest learning associate with Jigsaw Learning. And Colin comes to us with a an very impressive resume. Colin comes to us with an Adobe Education Leader designation, as well as receiving the ATA's John Mazurik Memorial Scholarship uh, for teaching technology. Uh, he has a vast background, and I could list everything in here that Colin is possibly able to do, uh, but I won't because I'm going to let Colin talk a little bit about himself. So hi, Colin. Hi. I've been in education for 20-odd years now, and uh, I started out in K-12 to and taught a number of different uh, courses there, uh, media arts being one of the main ones, uh, also known as communication technology. And I taught drama and English and social studies. I've taught online. From there, I, I moved on uh, into the instructional design realm uh, and started working with uh, Olds College as an instructional designer and uh, moved into working with Alberta Health Services doing um, a very similar job. I was their e-learning producer for uh, their, uh, their content in um, in their leadership program. So uh, yeah, it was a great experience because uh, it's a very different worlds to work in, uh, especially when you're working with post-secondary or government uh, compared to K-12. They're, they're very, they have very different needs and uh, very different processes, but it was, uh, it was a great experience. And it also got me to, uh, you know, utilize those uh, nerdy software tools that I really like. It'll be recognized uh, some of the work I was doing here in Alberta. And they said, hey, would you like to be an Adobe education leader? Uh, they've definitely done some, uh, some good work uh, in the online realm uh, in the last little while. And I, I love seeing um, the tools that I use on a regular basis being used by more people and uh, especially by students. And so uh, it's amazing what, uh, what we can create now. Uh, you know, compared to when I first started in, in education, uh, to what uh, what we do now, uh, it just kind of blows my mind. The uh, uh, it's just been an astronomical technological growth. Uh, yeah, so I find it very exciting um, to work in the online world and with e-learning and uh, and yeah, the software continually changes, so it never gets old for me. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's great. Fantastic. So you've talked a little bit about your background. I know, you know, you taught drama, you've worked with Old College, you've worked with Alberta Health Services. What prompted you to join the Jigsaw Learning Team? Well, uh, my contract had finished up with uh, AHS and I was looking for something that would be a good fit for my skill set. Um, definitely looking around at instructional design opportunities, but when I saw this position, I I kind of jumped at it because uh, when I was involved in K-12, I was always the ed tech guy in school. Uh, I was that, uh, you know, the, the tech champion or whatever you want to call it. It was different in every school, but it was always, it always ended up being on my plate because it was something I looked, <laughs> looked for. Uh, and, you know, as I mentioned with software, uh, I always found it exciting to find new ways of presenting um, uh, information to students and to teach students and to get them to create things themselves. And I think, um, you know, that's something that uh, has always been uh, a passion of mine. And uh, you know, part of that whole process working in schools, uh, which was really rewarding, was working with staff and helping them uh, with some of those tools. And uh, yeah, some people really uh, embraced that, uh, that uh, had not changed their teaching practices in some time. And they found, wow, 
there's so many more things that we can do now that actually one make your job easier and two uh make it more interactive more fun and uh, create a deeper learning experience with students so yeah when i saw the position with, with jigsaw i'm like oh, that that's it that that's what i'm looking for uh that excites me because i get to use all those tools i like and i get to work with people and have a positive effect on their you know practice but ultimately the effect is is a trickle down, and it, it affects our students, and and uh, those are our customers, right? Uh, and, and we want our customers to be happy and uh, and to learn lots and to have a great experience with education. And I think this is just one way to uh, uh, to tap into that. Uh, so yeah, I found that very exciting, and yeah, I'm glad to be part of the team. So for those for whom online learning is kind of a new concept, I know that you've dabbled for quite some time and I took my master's through an online program. So, I mean, it's been around, but how would you differentiate between online learning and traditional education? Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure people will argue with me on this one. Um, you know, I, I think of traditional education, you know, that, that, that we grew up with in K to 12 for most people anyway, was that, face-to-face, -face, uh, you know, teacher up front giving a lecture to students, and, and that's kind of how it always was. Uh, it's changed, um, and, and so with, with online learning and distance learning, um, that format ha has drastically shifted towards the digital. I mean, distance education used to be pen and paper, and to some extent it still is. So online learning in my mind is that, uh, is that digital embrace where you're taking away that pen and paper side of things and making it completely online, completely digital, and um, allowing students to do all their work, you know, basically anywhere they go. Not necessarily anytime, anywhere, any, you know, that sort of thing, um, because uh, that, that doesn't necessarily work with online education. Um, it depends on the format. Uh, so a lot of schools still have to structure a timetable. And uh, whether you're in post-secondary or whether you're in K-12, to you still have semesters or years or what have you to work within. And yeah, it's uh, something that you have to work with as a student. And I think some people think, oh yeah, online is anytime, anywhere, any pace. Mm, that's not the same thing. That's more of an e-learning thing. And so that, this is where people get in, you know, uh, a bit of a, an argument about what it is. What is online learning and what is e-learning and are they the same thing? Are they different things? In my mind, e-learning is that asynchronous piece. You do it on your own. It's a training piece. It's all in one package. You go through it yourself. You're not getting help from an instructor. Um, you walk through the course. You do whatever it is for assessments, questions, quizzes. Uh, and when you're done, you pass or you don't. Um, and that's, that's the difference. Whereas online learning is, you know, very much like what we used to have face-to-face. -face. It's guided. It has an instructor or coach. Uh, it has somebody to walk you through the process. And it has somebody to interact with. Um, and it's part of a community. Uh, that was one thing I found when I first started taking master's courses through Athabasca University was they, uh, they really, uh, the instructors embraced the idea of online community. And uh, I think that's really important to understand uh, because people that come to these courses 
you know, don't necessarily come from your town. They come from all over the world, literally. Uh, you know, I had students that were from, you know, Hawaii and some were from uh, you know, Europe and, and all over the place. And so we had to build a rapport with each other and work with international timelines for, for group work and things like that. And that's where that online learning is different than that e-learning because you've got to actually make it work together <laughs> rather than just go, here, go do it. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I think it's a really interesting place to work in. Um, and I think it's just, it can be just as engaging, um, maybe if not more so than, than face to face, because you don't have some of those other things going on, uh, that you have to handle in a classroom. And so, uh, I think it's kind of a, a neat place to, to be. And I, I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. I think it's going to be something that, uh, people will continually opt for. So on that notion, um, if we're looking at the considerations that people really want online learning to be available and viable and acceptable as an alternative form for education, what sort of considerations might need attention to make that happen? Oh, there's, there's so many considerations. Um, considerations from the people who are rolling out that education to the people who are consuming it. And so there, there's a split, uh, and, and that split is, you know, the education realm where you've got instructors and leaders and uh, IT people, and they have to make uh, all those decisions as to what's the best fit for them uh, for rolling out that information. And then there's the, you know, the consumer of that education, which is the student or the family, and they have to make sure that they have the right or appropriate uh, types of equipment and connection for that type of learning. And so every place that offers that is going to offer a different experience to some extent. And uh, depending on how interactive that experience is or how much, uh, you know, how much it relies on uh, internet connectivity in, in a high-speed sense really impacts uh, the consumability of those products. And so I, I think, you know, with, with online learning, um, uh, people really need to consider designing something that will work for a pretty broad audience um, because right now in Canada, we unfortunately are, are heavily lacking in, in broadband um, access. And so when we look at the statistics that uh, the government has put out, it's approximately 40% of, of rural Canadians don't have broadband. Uh, which is a quite a bit. Um, and then when you consider that there's so many students now that are seeing that online learning or families are seeing online learning is an option, um, that is a real uh, blockade for them because if they can't access things with internet, uh, then that it's no longer an option unless they're offering pen and paper, but that's a distance learning option rather than a online option. And so uh, you can augment your online with, with that if, if you so choose, but that's really, you know, kind of defeats the purpose of, of moving online, um, you know, because it gives you that, that flexibility. Uh, but I, I think that, um, yeah, one, one of the biggest issues that, that we face in rural Canada uh, is, is our internet. You, you bring up access to internet and you and I have had some, some great conversations around, you know, the digital divide and digital equity. And, and it's not just access to internet when we talk about digital equity. 
Um, yes, the, the availability of the internet impacts and how many devices are accessing the internet in the same time. But you and I have talked about some, some of those other pieces around equity. So do you, do you want to share some thoughts around that? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, like it's, it's not just that, you know, your internet connection, um, it's what you have in your home. Uh, every house is going to be different. So, you know, students are going to be connected with different devices uh, and they're not all the same. They don't all have the same capabilities. So uh, as educators, we've got design programs for online learning that meets the needs of learners on multiple devices. So if your kid has a phone at home and that is their only means of getting online, you've got to make sure that your content will work on that. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that doesn't fall into the hands of the, the user. It's uh, the people that are putting together the content that need to do that. But I think there's, you know, bigger considerations with digital equity as well. You know, when we talk about um, online learning in a home, everybody's home is different. And uh, everybody's timetables at home are different. How they manage technology in their homes is different. Uh, I think of, uh, you know, kids where they might have a nice quiet place to go and work and that's great, but some households don't have that. And, and so, you know, we have to be cognizant that uh, students need to have some flexibility in their day to work around those things that they have no control over. Uh, they don't have control over what their parents or family members necessarily do in their house. Those distractions, uh, you know, whether they have uh, a schedule, you know, some kids don't have a bedtime, you know, so they wake up at nine o'clock in the morning and they want to go online to school. And if an online school says, thou must show up on a camera, they're going to be, you know, I just crawled out of bed. That's not going to happen. I don't want to show my bedroom. I don't want to show my, you know, my bad head. Uh, and so we have to think about those things. Um, we have to think of it, you know, in, in terms of mental health. Uh, you know, a big part of equity is making people feel comfortable enough uh, to be part of an online community. And, you know, that acceptance um, just doesn't happen uh, by turning on your computer and your camera. Uh, it's like any other classroom. Um, you have to create a rapport with your students. You have to build a culture within your classroom. Uh, you have to be able to make sure that everyone in there feels like they fit in some place. And that's the difficulty with digital equity. We don't know what that place is like. Yeah? We don't step into those people's homes. So we have no idea. We see a little snippet of what the, you know, that, that student's day-to-day uh, you know, -day is by our own interaction. But it's such a small percentage of what what really goes on in a person's house, uh, we have no real idea of, of how to, you know, address that very effectively. And so, you know, is there a parent there to help them out? Uh, do they have other chores that they have to do? Yeah, there's all sorts of considerations to, to take into play. Um, and, and finances, right? You know, people might be able to get an internet connection but if they can't afford to get enough data for their device, then that's not gonna be equitable either. So there's lots of things that we, we need to think about. 
Um, and I know schools uh, try to think about those things. Uh, a lot of them will, will give out Chromebooks, uh, you know, to students, kind of levels the playing field that way. But it's all those other things that, that we don't have control over uh, that, that really do impact uh, students and their, uh, their ability to learn. So uh, I think that's a, a big conversation to have. Um, we have to think about when we roll out information too. Uh, one example I gave to a, a school division here was uh, timetabling. If all of your teachers that are online meet with students at the exact same time every day, that means that all those students are using up their bandwidth at the same time. But if you were to say, okay, um, grade 12 teachers, tell your students every morning from nine to 10 that you got to watch some, uh, you know, you got to do your, your, your homework for the day or, or a reading or something, right? Something that doesn't eat up a lot of bandwidth. And then, you know, have another grade say, okay, you're gonna have your online meet at 9.30 and another grade, you're gonna have yours at nine and so on and so forth. You can stagger things around and work with schedules that way to help with that equity piece within a person's home. And that's a big chore to do. And it tends to work better with smaller uh, school divisions. Um, you know, if I'm being perfectly honest, something the size of, uh, you know, a bigger center like Edmonton or Calgary, that's going to be almost impossible to, to deal with. However, in a city that size, you probably have broadband access. So <laughs> it, it makes it a little bit of, uh, you know, a balancing act that way. But, uh, but for our, our rural um, users, uh, that's definitely a consideration to make.